Finally, time to talk the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego. It's cup season. Yes. The silverware runneth over. Hello, Carlos. Yeah, the cup, uh, the Copper Del kissing your sister season. <laughs> they don't, don't mean be, much. Don't, don't be so cynical. No, they don't I, mean I, much. No, these days, I mean, we grew up with the FA Cup. It was the most important cup in the world. Still is this week. And we, the only thing we got in Australia, <laughs> really, for, what, decades, uh, my first memory of football and what TV was... was FA Cup memory? Uh, look, I, there were, I'm sure there were some before this, but the Sunderland beating Leeds, wow, was it in 73? Yep, 73. And Ian Porterfield scoring. And I remember, of course, I was only a kid, and I just remember thinking, there's this poor team, Sunderland, and it seemed like they had holes in their shirts when they were they lining up. They still do. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and it, it, they had no chance. The way the commentators built, and then they were playing the the glamorous Leeds United with the they had the tassels Billy on Bremner the Bremner and all those guys tassels on the yeah, boots yeah, no, on, on the they had the, 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 the their the, numbers on their socks through these little tassels and stuff, and they they were just you know glistening clinical white. And they, and uh, by the way, Jimmy Montgomery in goals for Sunderland just had a, the game of his life, and and they ended up winning one nil. So it was uh, that was my first memory. Uh, glory of days, up, yeah. Alan Sunderland scoring a late winner after Manchester United equalised in nineteen seventy nine. It's true, it's uh, true. And by the way, listeners the out there, that was people, a great night. I was they, about eleven. I know radio is not a visual, but Francis is glowing. He's glowing this morning or today because of obviously the FA Cup win on the weekend, yeah. and also uh, you don't talk about it much, but I'm sure you're absolutely cock a hoop about Arsene Wenger I will not being even... reappointed. It's not a binary argument, Carlos. Wenger <laughs> in, Wenger out. It's not that easy. It's a complex relationship I had with a man after 22 years. I was so happy for him on the weekend. He yeah. pulled all the right reins. Team player brilliantly. He made a perfect substitution. Giroud comes on and provides the assist for the goal. And he's now, look, you know, there's, he's copped a lot of flack. Yeah. Enormous amount of flack. Probably more than anyone in world sport this year. Like, his name's become some sort of meme that people, yep. you know, take the mickey out of. But he's won seven FA Cups, the most in yep. the history of... Equal to what Chelsea and Tottenham have done in their entire histories. It's an extraordinary achievement. He's won yep. three of the last four. I know it's not the most important cup competition, but they've done it in style. Yep. They beat Manchester City in the, in the semi and at Chelsea in the final. So, you know, good luck to him. God yeah. bless your ass in Wenger. And I reckon too, Francis, with the, all the what's he, what he's had to go through and the fact he still wants to be reappointed there, uh, the talk is he'll get two years, uh, but they're, they've discussed some of the, the weak areas where, you know, he's did it in the market. Oh, it's yeah, like he's, he's spending mistakes. his own money. Just spend our money and get the best players. Uh, first thing to do is lock up Sanchez. Alexis if he Sanchez. wants to stay. He does want to stay for the right money. And the talk is he wants 300,000 a week, he, they're offering two seventy five. Really, go the whole. Petty, just come on, just just give him twenty five. Well, just get the, petty let cash. the moths fly out of the yeah. wild ass. Yeah. Urzel, uh, you Lock know, I can down. I can give or take Urzel. I think he's a bit of a luxury player. Nice. Who, but uh, Sanchez is one of those Luis Suarez types, those South Americans who will run and work hard and score your goals. They're just competitive beasts. Need him. Need yeah, to keep him. Absolutely. Lock him in, and then uh, you can build from there. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, that announcement is probably going to come tomorrow. You know, the best thing about Arsene Wenger staying at Arsenal. Whatever your feelings on it. It's going to drive Piers Morgan absolutely <laughs> bananas for the next two years. And whatever happens, that'll make it worthwhile. Yeah. Because the guy's a goose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but, but I'm really convinced that 
if he stays and they sort out those weak areas in, in the way he's managed in the maybe or he's the, the perceived weak areas of the last three or four years, uh, I think that they'll be a better team. And if they're a better team, suddenly we've got a more interesting uh, EPL too, which is very important. Nick in Doncaster say, wake up, Francis. It's a kissing your sister cup. <laughs> <laughs> Only when you don't win it is my answer to that. <laughs> Nick is in Temple's toes. Give us a call, Nick. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, mate. All right. Just wanted to um, ask Carlos a question about what he thought about Robbie Cruz getting picked up for the soccer squad because, honestly, I think that um, it goes against everything Ange has sort of spoken about the yeah. last in terms of playing regularly. Good point, Absolutely. Nick. And there's a lot of talk on Twitter today about... Uh, Ange uh, preferring Robbie Cruz, who hasn't played in a long time, had a you know uh, ill-fated move to China, big money move, and they didn't pay him, and pay so him. he walked away from there. So he hasn't played much in the last twelve months or so. And uh, Craig Goodwin, who's uh, doing good stuff uh, in uh, in Holland at the moment, not always playing every week, and maybe that was counted against him, but scored a, a winning goal for uh, Sparta Rotterdam in the Eredivisie uh, in the last game of the season, which I think sa- you know, staved off relegation for them. So he had a big uh, last couple of weeks there. Uh, so, yep. Ange is going to be made accountable. Uh, Robbie Cruz has been disappointing uh, when he's come into the camp, and I would think he's on his last uh, probably couple of chances. He's got to play regular football. He hasn't done it for a long time. And we're not only talking about 12 months. He's always been the perennial substitute there at uh, in Germany with with his clubs there. He's been injured uh, for lengthy periods at times. He's probably at the crossroads of his career. Uh, he doesn't want to come back to the A-League from all reports. So if he doesn't want to come back to the A-League, get yourself a club, play regularly, and start... Because he's starting to head down that Lucas Neal path, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, Bouncing from club to club yeah. and not really playing any football. Yeah. But that's a great point, Nick, mm. that he's been selected. So let's just talk about that because the squad has been trimmed to 23 for the game coming up Thursday, 8th of June at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, and uh, his name is in that list. And Adjin Hurstik, the, the young uh, player who's been playing some good football in uh, the Eredivisie in Holland, uh, he's he's in that list as well. He's made the cut. So they'll, you reckon they'll throw a green and gold shirt oh, they have on to. him in, uh, against Brazil? Yeah, I don't... Uh, personally, uh, Angel really refute this, but I don't think he's been picked because he's in the best 23 necessarily. I think they need to lock him in and give him a cap. Uh, once he's capped, he's ours forever. I know Bosnia are after him. Uh, that's the country of his father's birth. So, um, yeah, no. And it would be interesting. I think they have to play him in the Confederation Cup at some stage. I don't I think they'll play him against Saudi Arabia. So, um, they might play him in the friendly against Brazil at the MCG. Yeah, I don't know if that locks him in, though, Francis. I'm not sure whether f- uh, friendlies mm. like that do. I think they've got to be a sanctioned, a sanctioned a, game. A international. Yeah, so it's either going to be the Saudi Arabia game, and that's going to be red hot. So I'm not quite sure they're going to throw him in there. But somewhere through the maybe the, the dead rubber, if there is a dead rubber uh, in the Confederations Cup, uh, they'll throw him in for five minutes there and lock him in for good. So that's the squad. Aaron Moy's named in the squad. What a year he's had. Wow. Yeah, what a, what a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, we're all clamouring for the next first member of the golden generation. The next golden generation, of course. Everyone talks about, you know, the Harry Kules of Viduka. That that was just a fantastic uh, generation of footballers. And, and we're just hanging out for the next lot. And some of these people aren't necessarily manufactured through our system. And if you go through the past golden generation, the Lucas Nils of this world and the Tim Cales, they all went to England as 
you know, 16, 17-year-olds and found their own way there. Harry Kill went over at Young. So not, not necessarily, they're not coming through what we, in our, what we can see here. Well, he, I mean, neither did Aaron. I mean, no. Aaron played at St. Mirren, That's remember, right. way back. And when... he got picked up by Bolton, I think, as a, as a kid yep. through the academy there and impressed there. He was on the bench there for a while and moved around at the, you know, in, and then found his way back to Australia and just rebuilt his career. So I'm just wondering, Francis, whether we should call it, not with what he's done now, because he's only played at Huddersfield and had Player of the Year there and in the championship team of the, team of the, of the season. Uh, played at Wembley. It's a long way yeah, from Amy yeah, Park playing but he just, in front of 5,000 people. He looks just such an accomplished player and you just wonder whether he's the sort of player you can throw into any team and he would hold his own. And, and could he be the first member of, the, of our next golden generation? Well, will he stay at Manchester City or will he be on sold? I'd be surprised, given that Manchester City are talking big. They're not happy with finishing third. All the sheiks over in uh, the Middle East are saying, no, we're not happy with that. So uh, Aaron's got to go somewhere where he's, where he's going to play. Could he go to, with the Terriers up into the Premier League? That's a possibility, but the, the story is that they haven't even made an offer yet. Uh, Paddy Dominguez, he's... Uh, one of the four Diego's, it sounds like, but uh, he's the uh, the player agent for the Aaron. Fifth Diego, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, but he's got all the money. That's a, that's a difference. <laughs> that's right. But uh, he's talking about the fact that the likes of Southampton, Newcastle, Reading, uh, Newcastle, Reading, have obviously come up uh, from the championship. Southampton's an interesting one. If, well, they have a great uh, ability to develop players, and they play so such great football. Uh, mid-table type team that could be a place where he can go and get regular game time. But he needs to go and play. Not just go and be warehoused at Manchester City. Well, he needs to sit down and talk to Brad Smith about what that's like. Brad Smith is in this team, but Brad Smith spent his entire season at Bournemouth. They've had a reasonable year in the Premier League, but he's barely been cited. Yeah, and he's another one, not quite in the Robbie Cruz uh, category, where Robbie hasn't played a lot for the last couple of years. But but Brad Smith didn't get much, I think five or six, seven maybe appearances for Bournemouth this year. Uh, 10 million pen, 10 million pound signings like I mean they were serious about getting him and uh, and so he was I, I believe he was lucky to keep his spot in the Socceroos given that Alex Gersback is playing regularly he's a bit of a prodigy uh, over in Norway at the moment and even I hear that Juventus is looking at him in Italy so uh, yeah I, we, we're so we're so flush with left-sided players all of a sudden you know with Beige playing regularly in Turkey uh, Gersback Brad Smith um, even uh, the talk of Jason Davison, who's a bit forgotten, but uh, the, you know he was playing regularly in the Eredivisie with Groningen, and there is some—I can't say much—but there is some talk about his next transfer being a, a quite a good one too. So well, it needs to be because he, he yeah. ended up to West Bromwich Albion and disappeared after a really good World Cup. Never yeah, he wasn't ready for EPL when no. he went there, and uh, and I think it was a bit of a shock to the system. One other player who's uh, made a mark in the last few weeks is Tommy Rogic. Uh, he mm. scored the—I know you call it the kissing your sister cup, but it was 91 <laughs> minutes on the clock. It was. One one at Hampton yeah. Park and in front of the Celtic faithful. Still one of the best days out I've ever had was going to watch a Celtic play in a cup final there. He slotted the winner in fine style from running deep from midfield. Yeah. What look, a goal. I wouldn't call it kissing your sister. I'd call it more kissing your grandmother in Scotland. because, uh, <laughs> because. Uh, but look, and, and Ned Zelich on social media made it really clear what he thought about Scottish football. But the way he picked up that ball, <laughs> just over the halfway line and floated past that a couple of Aberdeen brilliant. defenders and just slotted away. It does, guys. It's it's goosebumps for us, and uh, and forget about what people are saying about Scottish football. He's had a great year, and Brendan Rodgers, who's a celebrated manager, uh, loves him, and uh, and I think there would be some EPL eyes on him too. Well, there was a strange link with him to the Arsenal last, last transfer window. That was a bit odd. But does he? So okay, let's get down to the brass tacks of this. So one of them, it feels like to me that Rogic 
could play as a standalone striker in a Socceroos lineup. But Tommy Urich has had that yeah. that job. I'd like to see him do that. I can't see Ange making that call. Yeah, no, you need someone who's great with their back to goals. And uh, Urich is that type of player. Timmy Carroll can do that job for you if when he comes on. Uh, Jamie McLaren, I think it would be more you know, worth for us in the yeah. Confederations Cup when, he, when we've got a bit more you know, space to run into. But, uh, yeah, but uh, I think uh, as a number 10, Rogic will fill that role and uh, let's hope he's got some room to move yeah, against let, Saudi Arabia. Let's hope their form has arrived at exactly the right time because we've got some crucial games coming up. Alan's in Carrum Downs. How are you, Alan? Good, boys. How are you? Not Good, too mate. bad. Guys, look, I've only just uh, got into the car. You may have already mentioned it, but I was wondering, Aaron Moy now with Huddersfield being promoted, what happens with him? Because he's a Man City player. Is he going to be allowed to play... Are they going to have like a don't play against us rule? Uh, apparently, his manager, uh, a guy called Paddy Dominguez, a player agent, uh, <laughs> the fifty, the fifty Diego. He um, he's over there now. He's speaking to Brian Marwood from Manchester City. They've got to make the first call on him. Uh, most likely, they'll they'll be, be happy to transfer him out, uh, and they've got to come up with some sort of valuation. Will talk- he be? Can I ask? Will he be the highest transfer player? Uh, highest transfer fee for an Australian player by the end of uh, the transfer window. That's interesting. I think he will be. Well, it's interesting because I think Mark Bresciano was the one that went for $23 million when he went from Empoli to Parma many, many years ago. Uh, and uh, they're talking about anything from £10 million or £12 million pound to £20 million, pound, uh, with, which will obviously be higher than Mark Bresciano. So, uh, but as we said before, the break, uh, you know, Southampton, uh, Newcastle United, Reading, um, are looking and even some really ambitious championship clubs are looking at him again too. He's that, not going to go back to the championship. I hope not. I hope no, not. It's his chance never, to play yeah, in the Premier League. Absolutely. I think uh, he's good enough to play in the Premier League, but he needs to play regularly wherever he's going. Yeah, the line. Uh, thank you, Alan. Hey, for Alan, we're going to give you the tickets. It's a good question. Uh, to see the Socceroos on uh, Tuesday, the 13th of June at the MCG. Uh, kick off at 7.30 p.m. It's your chance to catch Brazil in action. Secure your seats now. Ticketech.com.au is where you go to get those. Hold the line there. The lines are open for Huawei Mate 9. A step ahead. Marie's in Berwick. G'day, Marie. Oh, hi, guys. Yeah, look, I went to Sydney for the Asian Cup final, which was awesome, and I was really proud of the grit we showed, and we'll probably show similar grit if we qualify for the World Cup. But to take the next step, I think we've got to be able to score and you always feel when you're watching the Socceroos against top quality um, opposition, we struggle. We can, you know, usually manage one goal at most against the really good teams. Um, and I know good strikers don't grow on trees, but is there any emphasis on developing somebody who can be that world quality striker? Well, you're absolutely right. We haven't had one since Mark Paduka, really. Tim Cale, yep. people say, well, Tim Cale scored a lot of goals, but he's never been an out a striker. I know he's played in that role occasionally, but it's not... It's yep. not his natural game? I don't think in real games, in World Cups, uh, are we going to be a team that's going to score four and five goals? I don't think any team in the world now going to a World Cup is is a weak team. Everyone's well organised, got good coaching and so forth. So it's really just getting the goals we need. Uh, you know, Juric uh, scored on the weekend in Switzerland. Uh, he's becoming a quite, uh, you know, a regular scorer over there. Uh, but again, he's not going to be a prolific, you know, a hat-trick man every week. Uh, the one that I want them to invest in, time in, in particular, it's good to see he's in the squad, is Jamie McLaren. But again, he's not going to be one that, when we're dominating teams, he's not going to be one that's going to be worth 
much to us, given that there won't be a lot of space for him to move because teams are going to be sitting back and there's not going to be space. So Tommy Rogic is the one who seems to be unlocking uh, defences in in, uh, in, uh, in Scotland. So maybe he might be one. Uh, yeah, look, that world-class player that we're talking about that wins us games in, in, proper, t- in proper tournaments... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid we don't have one of those yet. Uh, there might be one that comes out from somewhere. Who knows? But uh, Well, everyone's waiting for the likes of a Seb Pasquale or one of those mm. younger players who are now you know, sort of 16 or 17 to emerge. But as we've known over the years, to make that transition from, from junior prodigy to fully realised A-grade yeah. player, is a, it's a long, long road. And we've been... You know, we've seen many a good player sort of falter along the way. That's right. And look, oh, really? sometimes these guys go over overseas early and you find out about them when they're in their early 20s and have been in someone else's system. So there might be one of those guys around. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's that. But even Mark Viduka playing for Australia, his goal-scoring record was quite poor. You know, um, well, yeah, but he was asked he, to play a very different role. He was slaughtered, by the yeah. way, by, the, by Australian coaches while he was playing. It, 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 he just, uh, with the one man up front, he hated that too. But I don't think, uh, except for the likes of Damien Murray and uh, and these sort of and, and uh, Archie Thompson in, in in sort of nothing games. We have never had a, a striker that scored a lot of goals uh, in important games at international level. Thanks for your call, Murray. John's out there on the road. Wants to talk about the Confederations Cup, which is coming up. G'day, John. G'day, gentlemen. How are you going? Good, Good mate. Uh, look, you know we've uh, we've been uh, put into a bit of a tough group. I'm I'm from South America. I'm from Chile, actually, and I've sort of uh, carried both Australian. Uh, aspirations and Chilean aspirations, as you know, I'm torn between the two countries at times. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a tough group, and uh, I, I, you know, Germany's there also. It's going to be tough for us to sort of proceed to the next round. I'm hoping that uh, we do and, and leave Germany by the wayside, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's unlikely. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts as to whether we're, we're, whether we're building anything, anything positive coming out of the team going into the World Cup, into the next World Cup. Is this a great opportunity? To bless, to 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 bring some new kids and and, uh, and and bring some of those uh, lesser known kids. To yeah, the you're absolutely right. The Confederations Cup is an interesting event. I like the format of it, uh, John and Carlos, because it's it is the best teams from who've won their their individual sort of uh, regional titles, and Australia goes in as Asian champions. Um, so there's no mucking around, and yeah. you get straight into a semi final, bang, you're in there, and away you go. Uh, but I don't think you can understate the value of actually if you do qualify for a World Cup, having been there, you know, to, there's a test event for the host nation for the World Cup yeah. to play in those venues to get some sort of feel for uh, the country you're going to be playing. And really important. Yeah, it is but important. There, first and you've got to remember, I had a look at the Chile team. It's been announced today. Alexis Sanchez is going to be there. All their big players are there. So Chile are taking it really seriously. Cameroon will take it seriously. I heard Germany aren't taking their best players. So, uh, again, it's a test event. And for me, you've got to be measured in the in the heat of a World Cup or a heat of an Asian Cup, where you it's a tournament where you need to win. I tell you what, though, if we don't get maximum points out of the game against uh, Saudi Arabia, that's that tournament's right. going to become massive. That's right, because and the last couple of games, uh, the one against Japan, we expect to beat Thailand at home. I mean, everything's on the line, or else we could find ourselves in the horror show of a third place playoff, which is very a very real possibility. Yeah, I, I wonder what the it's going to take some real managing by Ange Postecoglou if we don't get the result we want for Saudi oh, Arabia in the front up against Brazil in a toy game. It's not a toy game because you're calling it Francis, so no, no it's a it's a it's a real game, <laughs> but it, it, there's no points to it. And then there's uh, the Confederations Cup, which ultimately is a test event. So. You know, uh, I know. I'm, let's hope we get the game. result against Saudi Saudi Arabia here in Adelaide. It's the most important game I feel yeah. since the 2005 game against Uruguay yeah. 
at uh, at in Sydney. It is, it is, but it's good. Look, Rogic, Rogic is fit and healthy going into the. Got to win, and also Moyes the same. Uh, Bobby in Port Arlington, g'day, welcome, Carlos Alberto Diego, talking the world game here. How are you? Yeah, good yourselves. Not too bad. Good, mate. good. One thing that you hear a lot about is how we don't produce any strikers. I think the loss of Dylan Tomby, you know, to due to cancer, is a massive loss. He was such a great young player, and I think. Probably we were in the green and gold of every every, every game if um, you know if you didn't get cancer. But do you think we are uh, our development with the A League not having the like the Duke was playing against men of the young young kid, where the national youth league are playing against kids. Do you reckon that's affecting the development of of our strikers and players? I still remember Viduka as a fifteen year old playing his, on debut at uh, Summer Street Melbourne Knights. I was at the game when he came on, and uh, and he was just a monster then. I I, I think Viduka was a freak, uh, and and the other one, the other one is someone like Harry Kuehl who's scoring goals in England but didn't play here. I scored a, for the Socceroos as a sixteen yeah. year old in Tehran. The, that's right, yeah. But uh, but just I'm just saying, in, in the end, the cell we're talking about developing. I don't think the the whole idea of developing a striker. It, it's just one of those things that have sort of hit and miss for us here. Um, Till and Tom Beatty's. I agree with you there, uh, uh, Bobby, because uh, he was so highly rated at West Ham, even uh, when he was um, uh, when he got over the first bout of cancer and he went back to training at West Ham. He was on the fringes of the West Ham senior team, yeah. uh, even then as a as an eighteen year old, nineteen year old, and to to lose him. Look, forget about football, but his family's lost uh, um, from all reports a magnificent young man. But uh, our Team, our Socceroos well. team lost a 10 year Socceroo, I reckon. Uh, Michael has given us a call from Northcote before we talk about the Champions League final. G'day, Michael. How you going, guys? Look, uh, a player that I uh, think uh, never really got a good run at playing as a striker, I don't know how, how old he is and if he's playing regularly. Nathan Burns always seems lively, but they've never really given him a long sort of run at it. Yeah, he did have a he did have tenure in the yeah. Socceroos there for a while. He was in the Asian Cup squad yeah. and he has played a few games and look, he's a guy that's always promised a lot, but he hasn't scored a lot. So that's what we got. Robbie Cruz is the same. Matthew Leckie is the Scott same. Scott McDonald was another yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, we just had these guys who look great and, uh, you know, got overseas I contracts. I felt for Scott McDonald because yeah. <laughs> he, he was knocking him in from every every angle in his club football, but just just couldn't find the back of the net. I see play. him and McLaren being the same sort of players yeah. too. That's why I worry for McLaren's goal-scoring ability for Socceroos. Yeah, we'd like to see him uh, turn that around. Hey, before we finish up, I'm really looking forward to the final because both teams have been fantastic, both domestically and uh, throughout their Champions League campaigns. Real Madrid and and Juventus in, in Cardiff. I've yeah. had the great good fortune of going to a, a big game there. It's in a fantastic stadium in a great city. It'll be a wonderful day. Who wins? This will go extra time penalties, I reckon. I you can't reckon, separate you them. You reckon Juve going to do Catanaccio? Yeah, I can't, I can't. No, actually, there's more to Juventus than that. I think that with Dybala and uh, Higuain up front. I love They've got some really good attacking uh, you know, options there for them, but they defend so well. But, you know, Real Madrid have just played so well at the back end of the season, even with all the pressure from Barcelona chasing them in La Liga. Uh, they've just played really well. And I, it'll be interesting whether they bring in Gareth Bale, who's been out injured, in place of Isco, who I think is, to, is really consolidated that team and they look better. He's much more robust, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he plays, he's a guy that yeah. just plugs up the holes where with Bale, suddenly you've got another Galactico on there who wants to score goals and suddenly it opens up the midfield a bit and I think Juventus will welcome someone like Gareth Bale coming back into the Real Madrid no, side. I'm with you. Isco stays yeah. in for me, which is going to be yeah. a hard decision because you do, you attempt to just go half 11 and play all your best players. Mm. 
there's going to be a bit of romance around this too. I heard you and the, and the, and the, and the JP Howcroft talking about uh, Buffon and what he means to that what team. What a player. What, a, what an icon of the game. He's played for, for decades and he's loved there and the players have even stated that we need to win it for him. He's lost. He's been in two losing Champions League finals back in 2003 and 2015, I think, and uh, 2015. So they want to do it for him. Uh, so it's a bit of a romantic story there for them. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Those players like Buffon and Pavel Nedved and those others that stayed at Juventus yep. when uh, they were relegated because of... Uh, Alessandro Del Piero also stayed. Yeah, you know, he, didn't, he didn't leave, yeah. So, and we must yeah. say goodbye to Francesco Totti too. Uh, Absolutely. Your memories of Totti as a player, 40 years of age, he finally retired at Roma. One club. One yeah, club. 700 plus 750 games or something Incredible. and just absolutely loved uh, loved for the Italian national team also uh, he's just one of those guys that uh, is an absolute legend uh, of the game over in Italy and uh, the Roma the Roma supporters just love him and in fact they were fighting for him I mean, he's 40 years old but they were fighting for him to stay <laughs> Like, go around again, son. Yeah. <laughs> you still got it in you. Yeah. You'll go around again. Good on you, Carlos. Thanks, mate.